We are going to start. If you're new with us, uh, you can just sit tight for a second. But we've started a, a kind of a, a memory, uh, a memory verse. Uh, oh, I don't know what you call it. Memory verse challenge or um, thing we're doing as a church. So we're just taking one verse a week, trying to memorize it together. And so this morning we have uh, this is our memory verse here. It's uh, Galatians 2:20. And I'm sure a lot of you have it memorized. But um, what we're going to do, if you have been memorizing uh, these verses, I encourage you just to turn to someone next to you and practice it. And if you haven't, well, that's okay too. You can just chill. If someone's sitting nearby you who has memorized their verse, they can tell it to you. And you can just trust them on that. But um, we'll, um, we'll let you try. Uh, I'm going to get a little crazier and actually take the memory verse down. I, I, I was talking to someone earlier and I said, How, you got this verse memorized? And they're like, yeah. They started reading it off the screen and then it, it rotated away and they were stuck. So uh, I don't think anyone else would have that problem. But um, anyways, why don't you try practicing your memory verse, uh, maybe share a thought about it, um, and then we'll keep going from there. Just have a little fun with that. Um, you get about 60 seconds. Ready? Go. Greg, make sure she's got it word for word right there. I don't know. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, there's the there's the verse again. And I encourage you as you uh, as you continue to memorize, and you know the goal is not just to have a verse memorized for the sake of it. Again, the goal is to have it so that you can think on it, so you can figure out how to apply it, things like that. And I was encouraged this week, as in our house churches, as we were breaking bread together and doing communion, um, thinking on this memory verse in the context of, of breaking bread, and just thinking how Paul um, Paul could say, you know, how the life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. You know, Paul just had a, a personal ownership of how Jesus had died for him and gave his life for him. And, you know, I think we, hopefully we all catch that same same heart of God's love for us. But anyways, uh, good job. I'm sure you did great. Anyone want to step up and stand up and uh, say it from the audience out there somewhere? Wild and crazy. Ned. Ned is getting some people pointing at him. How about you guys give Ned a... a how about we clap him? There you go, there you go. All right, try again. Awesome. Let's go, Ned. Help yourself to one of those mints from the bathroom afterwards if you're, when you're done there. So I don't know if the guys have mints in their bathroom. I think that's just the girls' bathroom. Going to have to get on that. But anyways, okay. Well, we'll... Uh,
keep moving here. Let's see here. Um, if you're, you're new with us, we've been doing a series here. We've got one more week left. We've got this week and next week. But we've been doing a series just called Extreme Makeover, the Life Edition, um, as compared to the Home Edition. You might have noticed that difference already. Um, this morning we're going to talk about something that will transform our lives. So the first week we talked about how God's Word, as we memorize, as we think on it, as we apply it, it will change our lives. Last week we talked, talked about the mission. You begin to follow Jesus, your life will, not only your life will get transformed, but the lives of others that you reach for Christ will get transformed as well. This morning we'll talk about faith and how our faith can be transformed. Here are some things we're going to look at, some verses. I was trying to find a title as I was um, messing around uh, with this subject. And one of the things I was thinking about, extreme makeup, and I started thinking about like makeup and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I don't know what exactly, if they have a, an extreme makeover in the makeup world, I'm sure there's some equivalent of that. Um, going to a day spa and doing the, the whole thing there or whatever. Um, but so I thought if on the subject of faith, I was thinking about entitling this uh, something like a serious facelift. But um, I don't know. That's kind of hard if you try to say that fast. Facelift, facelift. It doesn't sound quite right. So um, we're going with the face equation here. So I hope, and I, you know, I think that's probably more fitting. By the time we're done, you might agree here. But anyways, the goal is that we're, we're trusting that God will encourage your faith this morning, strengthen it, maybe even uh, do a makeover on it if, if that's what's needed. So we're going to pray and we'll jump into some of these verses here. So if you guys will, let's just bow our heads and pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you for bringing us all together here. Lord, I do pray that you would, you would touch our hearts today, that you would touch our faith. Lord, you know what faith we have, each one of us, what we uh, believe you for, what we don't believe you for, whether we even believe in you at all or not. And Lord, I pray this morning would be a time where you do lift up our faith, you strengthen it. Lord, that you, you grow the faith of every person in here. I pray you grow the faith of our church as we look at these verses together. Um, Lord Jesus, we do, I just think of that memory verse, we do live by faith in you. who loved us and gave yourself for us, and, and we thank you for that. I pray you'd be blessed. I pray you'd speak to every heart here this morning. Open up our ears to hear from you in a personal way. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Let's see here. If you would open your, if you have a, a house Bible, which all of you should, maybe under your chair there, we're, we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew chapter 9. Let me see if we've got this verse up here. Yes. So, um, Matthew chapter 9, we're going to just kind of frame things this morning based on this story. It's page uh, 964 in your house Bible. Matthew chapter 9. And we're just going to look at this story and kind of frame the, the topic this morning, the faith makeover, the faith equation, if you will. Um, some of the, us in the church read the one-year Bible together. It's kind of a Bible that's chopped up into daily segments that every day if you read, um, you get a chunk of the Old Testament, a chunk of the News, some Psalms and Proverbs, and in, in a whole year you go through the whole Bible. And so for me, um, as we were going through the Gospel of Matthew since the new year here, uh, I just noticed some themes that stood out related to faith. And, and this passage here was really one of the key passages that, that I think God uh, used in my life and then started framing some of this that He's been teaching me. And it's been really encouraging 
for my faith, and I hope it will be for you as well. But we'll start at verse 27. We're just going to read down to 31 together here. And it says this, As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith will it be done to you. And their sight was restored. And Jesus sternly warned them, See to it that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. But this, this passage here has got a, a lot built into it. Um, two things that stand out to me. This question has just almost been um, haunting me in an encouraging sort of way here. But the question that different situations you might look at your own life and needs that you have or pressures that you face or things that you desire and imagine Jesus asking you this question do you believe that I'm able to do this? do you believe that I'm able to do this? the person sitting next to you might believe it someone else might believe it but the real question is do you believe that I am able to do this? Jesus asked and their answer I think is a good answer for us to learn from to let it echo in our hearts yes Lord I do believe you're able to do this then he goes on to say, according to your faith, it will be done to you. And their sight was restored. And that phrase there, uh, according to your faith, is another one that uh, just stood out to me. That sometimes it could be a little like, uh, you know, Jesus goes and he, he does these different miracles. He interacts with people. He does these supernatural things. And a number of times he says, according to your faith, it's going to happen like that. And he honors people's faith. And to me, you know, I remember when I first started reading through the Gospels and I was going, you know, it's not about their faith, Jesus. It's about you. It's what you did. They didn't do it. And, but he said, according to your faith. And according to your faith. And as you've believed, a number of times he says this to people. And I think there is a, there's something there we've got to catch. And I really think it relates to this uh, faith equation here um, we're going to talk about this morning. Here's, here's the equation. We've got one, one passage here, but I'm going to give some other examples of this. But this is the idea here. Basically, the equation is, is this. Uh, I'm a computer science uh, major. I, I've got a computer science background, so unfortunately, I'm going to use a little bit of math this morning. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, for depending on your background, um, some of you might love math. So anyways, uh, we're going to look at a few basics uh, of math and uh, some equations here. But here's the basic equation here. It's the idea of... You take Jesus, the creator of the universe, and all his abilities, all he's able to do, and then you multiply that times your faith. And what you'll get, the result will be an overflow of that. Jesus is able to do anything in the universe. And then multiply that times your faith in a given situation, and the outcome will be, your result will be an overflow of that directly. We see that here, and he says, according to your faith. Almost like saying, equal to your faith, it'll be done for you. Now, just, just you know, to look at some other examples where you don't go, you know, our pastor is uh, off his rocker here, coming up with math from Jesus. And, um, you know, this, this whole chapter and the chapter before, there's several examples of this. There's, uh, there's over, a, I'm going to give you a handful of them this morning, but there's more than that. But if you just back up in your Bible, just a couple verses, um, back to verse 22, you'll see... Um, Jesus is interacting with this woman. This woman was bleeding for 12 years and all these doctors that she visited could not heal her. All the money, it said she spent all her money and she could not get healed from it. But uh, we see a little snapshot up here. Verse 21 and 22, it says, 
She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. And again, Jesus says, Daughter, your faith has healed you. And it wasn't just about her. It was her faith in what Jesus could accomplish. Simply by touching his cloak in this case. case. Um, Back up to the previous chapter. If you flip a page in your house Bible here. We'll go to um, uh, chapter 8, verse 13. Some of you might know the story, but it's about a guy that um, he was a centurion. And uh, one of his servants was at home paralyzed and, and sick and suffering. And this centurion comes up to Jesus and he said, Jesus, you know, if you back up to like verse um, 7 and 8 here, you know, he tells him the situation. Jesus says, I'll go and heal him. But the centurion replied, <coughs> Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And then it goes on later in the passage and uh, Jesus kind of said, this guy's faith is pretty astonishing. He believes that all I have to do is say the word and it will happen. We look at verse 13. Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. You might translate that to again, going to be done to you equal to what you believe me for. Again, kind of along the lines of the faith equation here. So, equation again, Jesus, the creator of the universe, everything down even to the smallest molecule in the creation is under his control. The winds, the waves, everything. Multiply that times your faith equals your results. Let me see, I think I summarized this for you. Those that like uh, variables here, JC times S equals R. You will not find this in the average physics class, folks. Um, or math class. JC times faith equals results here. So, follow that along. Um, so here's some of the other examples we have. I just listed uh, some of them that use that very same phrase, according to your faith, um, as you have believed. That phrase is used again and again. It's the key to this whole idea here about uh, a faith makeover. So, other examples we have was the woman that was bleeding. We have the centurion here. This one, I believe, was a, a leper. Um, and let's see Luke 17 there was 10 lepers and they, he healed them all but only one came back and thanked him for, for doing what he had done and that was the one I think that only one that remained healed this one here is a promise that just says um, if you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer Jesus was very clear hey according to your faith things will happen results will come according to what you believe I'm able to do for you it will be done to you so that's the idea of this equation. It's not a pie in the sky like, hey, we're going to make a book, the firehouse, you know, made that faith equation book thing. Um, but I, I do think there's some things in here that frame uh, what might be going on in your world right now and in your faith. And I hope you find this as helpful as I have in my life. Let's look at the next thing here. So we've got this equation. Um, let's see here. So let's take a look at some of the ramifications of this idea here. Um, th- there was a city where Jesus was, it says this, Mark 6, 5 and 6, it says, He could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Again, we have this equation here. Um, but Jesus, the creator of the universe, healing people, doing these awesome miracles, he goes to this, his hometown is where this occurred. And they were kind of like, they were kind of uh, familiar with him. They're like, we know what family, we know your brothers and sisters, we know all these things. What's the deal? How, how are you supposed to be able to do these supernatural things? And 
what do we see? Well, Jesus, the creator of the universe, who's done many miracles up to this point, combined with the faith in this city, what was the result? Very little. Very little. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Because he could not do any miracles there. Was that because he was not able to? No, it's because the way God has designed it, what He's able to do comes kind of in combustion with your faith. And then the results come from that. He was able to do, uh, you know, infinite things there. But because combined with their faith, the results were nothing. Uh, There was a few that might have had a little bit of faith. A few sick people got healed. I bet it directly related to their faith. So what if your faith is zero? What if you lack faith? How does this equation work? Okay, some of you know mathematics here. What if some number times zero equals what? Zero. What if that number is really big times zero equals what? What if it's really, really big times zero equals what? What if it's all the ability that God Himself has times your faith equals what? Zero. God can do infinitely, but if you have no faith, He can do nothing for you. You've got to catch that. It's crystal clear in the Scriptures. What about if you have a little bit of faith? Think of this situation here. He's talking about this situation where the disciples were not able to cast out this demon of this person and they said, Jesus, you know, they came to Jesus and said, look, your disciples can't do this. And he said, you have little faith. And then he goes on to say this. Because, you know, they asked him, why can't we cast out this demon? And Jesus told them, because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. What if you just have a little bit of faith? Huge things can happen. What if your faith is small? Huge results. You know how this works? Mathematics again, kind of fun thing here, but you take a gigantic number, God's ability uh, to do anything infinite in this, you know, in this universe. You multiply that times a little tiny number, what do you end up with? A really big number. So any of you that know mathematics, take infinity times a small number, a tiny number like a mustard seed, you get huge results still. And that's Jesus saying, hey look, you don't got to have a lot. You just need to have a little bit. I need to be able to multiply what I'm able to do by just a little bit in your heart. And huge things can happen. That's a pretty awesome, awesome idea of what our faith can do in Christ. Um, let's see here. But I think uh, some of the things that become obvious in this equation are, okay, well, Jesus and His abilities, that's constant. And our faith, you know, that, that can change. Sometimes we can have no faith in a situation. Sometimes we can have a mustard seed of faith. Sometimes we're, we're somewhere in between. But this is the one that really affects the equation here because Jesus, He's the same. He's still faithful, powerful, gracious, merciful, all that He ever was. But our faith kind of goes up and down. And so what, what affects our faith? Let's see here. Well, um, there's one here. This thing seems to affect it. This is, you might know the story. Jesus was talking to Thomas, the disciple who didn't get to see Jesus' first appearances of the resurrection. And he's like, yeah, sure, he rose from the dead. I, I won't believe it till I see. Well, this is the verse. It's recorded of when he saw. And then Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. You know, our doubts can rob us of the faith that we would have otherwise. Kind of like if you... Um, well, we'll see it added on to the equation here as we go. But, um, so here it is here. 
Take Jesus, what He's able to do. And your faith, in this case, take your faith minus your doubts. Multiply that out. That's the results you're going to get. If you have a little bit of faith, a mustard seed of faith, but you have like two mustard seeds of doubt, well, this is not going to work out in a positive way. It would be a negative number, which and the whole good bad thing is bad. So, um, so your faith minus your doubts will equal your results here. Let's see. Um, what I have here. This is one um, I want to uh, just talk a little bit about. I've noticed in our society, in our culture, in America, uh, maybe even Christian culture in America, there's this idea that, um, boy, if you have doubts, you just you really just talk about your doubts. Well, I have doubts. I'm a pastor. I have doubts. I'm sure you have doubts. And there's just this tendency to glorify our doubts. And, well, I'm just being honest. I'm just being real. Well, what did Jesus say to someone who was having doubts? Someone who was being real. Thomas was going, hey, look, I need to touch his hands. What did Jesus say? Oh, you're doubting. That's okay. You can doubt as long as you want to. For the rest of your life, you'll be fine. What did he say? Stop doubting. Believe, Thomas. Believe. Stop it. Sure, that's real. Sure, that's honest. Here's what Jesus would tell you to do. Just like he did Thomas. Stop it. Stop doubting. I love this quote here. Um, Rick Whitney, who was, who was here, a, a pastor here, and is now part of the Plant Church out in Manhattan. He used to say this a lot. But the idea of the quote is this, that doubts are the sewage of the mind. When you let doubts just kind of hang out in your mind and your heart just kind of hang out, your faith just starts to stink. Doubts are the sewage of the mind. Jesus said, hey, look, you got doubts? Well, stop. Start believing. That's what Jesus would say into this culture. This culture would say, hey, you got doubts? We all got doubts. Hey, party on. All right. But that's not what Jesus told Thomas. So we have to keep that in mind. Another thing that can rob us of faith, well, Jesus would tell us today, stop doubting and believe. Here we go. Next one. Another thing that can rob us of faith, fears. This one point, this guy was trying to get Jesus to heal his daughter. She was dying. It seemed like she died either along the way or maybe she was dead as, as he approached Jesus even. And, and Jesus was headed to go heal her. And there were a lot of people just doubting and kind of laughing. Jesus said, oh, she's just asleep. You know, she's not really fully dead. She's just temporarily in this condition. And he, he ended up raising her from the dead. But along the way... Her dad was just doubting. Boy, I don't know. Is it too late? All these people, all these people in this room, they don't think it can happen. And Jesus spoke right into his heart and he said, Don't be afraid. Just believe. Hey, you, don't be afraid. Just believe. He went on to to raise that girl from the dead. Um, You know, again, I think of that question. Jesus asking the, the first example there, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? You know, I think this dad was able to say, Yes. And the result was his daughter was raised from the dead. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Fears can rob us of our faith and the results that can come here. Add on to the equation. Take Jesus and all he's able to do. Take your faith of what you believe he's able to do. Subtract your doubts. Subtract your fears. You know, as you can tell, you can subtract anything else that would take away from your faith. And the bottom line, that's going to be your results right there. Um, And so, let's see here. Other time I think of this example, we can turn to this real quick in your, in your Bibles here. We'll look at Peter and the situation of his faith and what happened um, with him. And this, this is page uh, 971 in your house Bible. And so there's a situation where 
Jesus is walking on water. You know the context of the story. And verse 28, um, page 971 here. Well, verse 27 starts like this. Jesus immediately said, He said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. He said that a lot to His disciples. He said that a lot to help people overcome fear. But then uh, Peter says this, Lord, if it's you, Peter replies, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? It's an example where Peter's fears got the most of him. He starts out, Jesus said, Hey, come to me, Peter. You have a little bit of faith. You believe that I can do this and I can help you do this, so come to me. And he gets out on the boat and he's walking on water. Can you imagine that? I, I can't even you know, imagine what that had been like. And, um, but then he starts looking at the waves. He starts looking around, takes his eyes off of Jesus who called him, who could help him do this. Starts looking at the things around him and gives in to fears. Starts to sink glug, glug, glug and Lord save me and, and Jesus saves him there but I like how he says this you of little faith how much faith did Peter have? did he have no faith? no, he had a little bit of faith he had enough faith to be a human being who walked on water just a little bit of faith and he was able to walk on water a little bit of faith Jesus can do an awful lot do you have a little bit of faith? We just see, though, that fears, if you give in to fear, sometimes we kind of go, yeah, my fears, they coexist with my faith and my doubts, and it's this mixture. Guess what comes from that mixture in our hearts? Not a lot. Not a lot, as far as God's concerned. So, let's see here. So, we're going to look at some, some ways. That's the, the equation there, but the real question becomes, well, how do we grow our faith? I see my faith directly affect what Jesus is able to do for me? How do we grow up my faith? How do I overcome these doubts, these fears, these things like that? And we're going to look at four, four ways to grow our faith. See how we're doing here? Yeah. Um, the first one is this. The first point I have is just simply learn from these examples. You can take these examples, write them down as you're reading through your Bible, look for these things, but what you can learn from each one of these examples is you can learn what somebody else believes about Jesus. You can see the results. And from the results, you can kind of work backwards to go, this is what Jesus is able to do. He did this for them. They believe this. And according to the Bible, if you do, you would have similar results. In some situation, some thing in your life you're trying to grow in or overcome in. Learn from these examples. The blind men, they said, um, you know, he asked them, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And, and he did. This bleeding woman, she believed, you look at the thing of the story again, she just believed that she could touch his shirt. She would be healed. And she was. The centurion believed, the centurion believed that if Jesus just spoke the word, he understood authority, he knows if you tell someone to go, they're to go, and if he was told to go, he would go. But he knew that Jesus was the Lord, the creator of all the, the universe, and he had authority to do anything. So if he just said the word, it would, it would happen. I love that story where it goes on and says um, about this centurion. He's talking about at one point Jesus said, um, the centurion says, just say the word, it'll be done. And Jesus, when he heard this, he was astonished and said to, to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. 
Israel, they were God's people. They were the ones who had the words of God. And this Roman centurion believed that all Jesus had to do was say the word and it would be done. He, he said, I, I love that, he said, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. We can learn from what this guy believes. Help it, let it strengthen your faith. Let it help you understand what Jesus was able to do. Bartimaeus was another blind man where he just said, he called out, and he was calling out, Jesus have mercy on me. I, he believed that Jesus was merciful, if he just had mercy on him, that he would be able to heal him and restore his sight. And he did. The lepers, there was another one, Jesus healed ten lepers and one of them came back and worshipped him and after it was done, he said to that one, you'll be healed because of your faith. You can write these passages down. Look at this as another example of just one, one leper. His faith here was an interesting story, but he says, he came to Jesus, he fell on his knees and he said to Jesus, if you are willing, you can heal me. If you're willing, I know you can do it. And Jesus said, I am willing be clean. He just believed if only Jesus was willing, he would do it. So we need to let our faith grow from some of these examples. These are just a handful. The Bible is full of them. The New Testament is full of them. Um, but more than just these examples, you can let your faith grow from God's Word in general. This verse here, Romans 10.17 says, So then faith comes by hearing. This is the King James. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You want to have faith in your life? You want to grow your faith? Let God's Word give you faith. God is faithful to His words, And as you get His words, as you meditate on them, as you believe them, as you think on them, faith will come to you. Faith will grow in you. So let's see. That's one example. Learn from these examples here. Another thing. Let's see here. This verse. We'll look at the next point here. Um, that, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. There's something I want us to catch here. I think a lot of us, faith is a mental thing. Faith is in our brain. You know, this verse could have very easily said uh, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in, your, believe in your head that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. Confess with your mouth, believe in your head. That's... Well, I think a lot of us believe a lot of things about Jesus, about God in our head. But what does He say? Hey, if you really want to be saved, you've got to believe in your heart. There's a place where faith is designed to be a heart thing, uh, not just a head thing. That's the next point for our growing our faith. We've got to realize that faith, that believing, really another word for it is trust. It's a heart thing. It's not a head thing. This verse in Isaiah says, uh, he was talking to most religious people and, and he, he quoted this verse to them, but he said, basically he said, you honor me with your mouths, but your heart is far from me. You honor me with your mouths, you talk about all this stuff, but it's not really in your heart. And I think a lot of times our faith is like that. As Christians, we've been Christians for a while, depending on you know how you were brought up, things like that. We can pray big prayers. God, save the whole world. God, reach the whole world. We, we honor Him with our mouths. That's a big prayer. But what's going on in our hearts? Jeez, I don't even know if He can save this one person I've been praying for forever. Our mouths, oh, save everybody. Reach the world. Our hearts can be far from Him. You know, your real faith resides in your heart. What do you believe in God for in your heart? We can pray real big things. I remember um, an example of this in my own life. This is very convicting. We were on campus. Some of you know we started our, our campus meeting there called AIM. 
and we uh, brought in a guest speaker, John Meyer from Fort Collins, and he was speaking on the, the subject of uh, biblical creation on Darwin's birthday. And so uh, the, the Tivoli Center on campus was just loaded with speakers talking about Darwin and how we're still evolving. We decided, hey, let's, uh, let's invite John Meyer in to speak on that same subject from another perspective, you know. And we joked about calling it the Darwin's birthday bash or something like that, but we decided we probably wouldn't, get, we wouldn't rally the people we were hoping to rally if we're going to be bashing Darwin or whatever. But, uh, but anyways, John came down. We put out flyers. We're trying to promote it. And I remember Zach and I were walking around that day praying. And we were praying. You know, the room's capacity is 125, the room that we were meeting in. And we're like, in our AIM meeting, we pretty much had not had, we'd had about 30 stay for our meeting. We'd had some more people come in from pizza and leave after pizza. But 30 was about the highest attendance of people who actually stayed with us once the meeting got rolling. And so we're praying and we're like, you know, I think Zach and I both prayed a little bit. God, we know you're able to fill this room. You could have it be standing room only, like back in the days, you know, and that's what's going on in my head. But in my heart, all I could ask for was, we even said, Lord, we know you can fill the room, but in my heart I said, but could you bring 40? Would you be willing to bring 40? And uh, later that night, as the seminar got going, I sat in the back of the room and I counted, counted 41. And I just thought, you know, I can pray big prayers. I can honor God with my mouth and my brain. But the real thing, the real crux of the matter is what's going on in your heart? What do you really believe God for in your heart of hearts? Faith is a heart thing. It's not a head thing. Um, and so we need to make sure that there's a lot of us that would take tests if you sat down and you know put a theological test before us. Do you think God is able to do this? Yes. Do you think God is able to do this? Yes. Do you think God is able to do that? Yes. What about this thing in your own life? Do you think God's... Yeah, I think He could do that. You just go through the list. All of us would probably get 100% on what God is able to do. Do you think there's anything God can't do? Uh, no. Uh, we could pass the test, but when you start looking at what's going on in our lives, what's going on in our heart of hearts, if someone asks, Jesus asks you, you know that situation you're in, that hard, that challenging situation? Um, you believe I'm able to do this for you. In the heart, I think if the answer was yes, we'd see some different results than we might have seen up to this point. My hope is that we get there like those guys, that they could say, yes, Lord. Honestly, I do believe you could do this. Um, but it's a heart thing. It's not a head thing. You've got to watch out for that. Um, let's see. This one is the next... The next point we have here to help us grow is um, comes from this verse. This guy is talking to Jesus, trying to get Jesus' help again, and he's kind of he tells Jesus, "Hey, if you can, um, you know, kind of do something for this situation. If you can, maybe you could heal or something." And Jesus was like, "If you can, who do you think you're talking to here? I'm the Lord of all the universe. If I can," he said, "Everything is possible for him who believes." Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, "I do believe." Help me overcome my unbelief. He basically just verbalized what was going on in his heart. I do believe. Maybe it's just what, but help me overcome my unbelief. And the result was that Jesus answered and he healed right there. But I think something we have to catch here is we need to start by getting honest with God. Start by getting honest with yourself. You know, um, I think a lot of times, again, in our head, we, we believe Jesus can do amazing things. We believe he did them in the past. I just don't know if he's, you know, he's busy nowadays or something. He doesn't have time to do these things today. But we need to start by just getting honest with God about what you really believe in your heart. 
And you've got to get honest with ourselves. Sometimes we can just talk ourselves and, oh, I believe this. I heard a teaching on that and a teaching on prayer and a teaching on faith. Yeah, but what, what do you really believe? Again, uh, maybe you can use this equation again. There's Jesus and what He's able to do even today. And there's your current faith as of right now this morning. What do you believe He can do, you know? And that's going to equal the current results. The results you're going to get today relate directly to the faith you have today. And we've got to start by being honest. I think we've got a quote here. I love this quote. I read it recently. But it says, um, along the same lines, when we rely upon organization, we get what organization can do. When we rely upon eloquence, we get what eloquence can do. And so on. You know, you can put anything in there. When you rely on efficiency, you get what efficiency can bring. When you rely on being disciplined, you get what discipline can bring. But when we rely upon prayer, we get what God can do. You want to look at, I encourage you, you want to know what's your faith, what's going on, you want to get honest, look at the results you're getting right now. If your results just equal what you can do on your own, um, in discipline, in organization, in planning, you, you know, that's what you can do on your own. Where's the faith in that? But when you start asking for God to do something that's beyond what you can get on your own, you know, in a lot of ways I think about this equation, I think about Mormons. Um, the Mormons, they take the Bible, they modify some things, they have some different beliefs, but one could make an argument that Mormon people are some of the most moral, hard-working people you know. But as far as we understand the Scriptures and the Bible, the Mormons are doing it without the Holy Spirit helping them from within. They're doing about as good as a human can do. They're doing. They're getting those results. And we can often be like almost practical Mormons, you know, where we're, we're doing as hard as I can get and this is the results I'm getting from hard work. But Jesus is able to do things beyond the natural, beyond your own human strength. He's able to bring results that are supernatural. So the question is, have you been getting those type of results lately in your world to the problems that you have, to the challenges that you face? Or are you getting all that you can bring to the table? Because we've got to start by being honest folks, with God and, and then He can help us. That's where you are. Yeah, you do have some unbelief. Let's talk about that. Let's replace that. Let's get rid of it and let's build on the little bit of faith you have there. I feel like God's been doing that in my own world and there's things that I've just been looking through and I go... What about these things I'd like to see change? You know, or what about things related to finances or my family and my marriage, my kids? What about things related to the church? You know, there's a lot of things I believe in my brain that God is able to do for our church but when it comes down to my heart. You know, the firehouse, we call it firehouse number one. The original vision for that is that God would grow the church and we'd plant other churches. We'd have a number two in another neighborhood nearby and a number three and a number four. And in my brain, I go, that sounds awesome. That sounds good. In my heart, I go... We're just trying to keep afloat, you know? We're just trying to just add one person at a time here. And I feel like God has been engaging with me to have an extreme makeover of my faith. And if that's what He's doing with the pastor who's trying to lead the church, I imagine it's going on in your world too. God wants to make over your faith. He wants to get some results that are beyond what you've been getting on your own. And I encourage you to pray about it, get honest with God, get out there today and just go, God... Here's where I'm really at on my faith on this subject, whether it's on eternal life, whether it's on trusting God for a spouse, whether it's on getting through you know, challenges in marriage or parenting. Here's where I'm really at and, and help me. Help me to, to get where I can trust you, where I truly do trust you in this area.
Another way to grow our faith is this one. We'll close with this one here. And Jesus was talking. He had just told the parable of this widow, this persistent widow that just kept going after it. She was wanting to plead her case and get justice for it and she just kept going after it. And Jesus used her example of persistence as an example of what we should be like in our prayer. To, to keep praying and not give up. And let me see. We could probably even turn there. Luke 18. Find a page number here. It's the parable of the persistent widow. Luke chapter 18. um, And... So basically, Jesus is telling the story about this. And uh, this judge says this. She kept coming to the judge to say, in verse 3, Grant me justice. Grant me justice. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet this widow keeps bothering me. I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. The Lord said, Listen to the unjust judge. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Um, Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and and quickly. In another uh, passage it says, you know, he, he will honor their persistence. They're persistent, keep persistent in prayer. And then he goes on to say this phrase here. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Will he find faith on the earth? This, this phrase is just one that anytime I come across it or I review it, it just, it just challenges me. Jesus is talking in this world where he came and he showed all that he's able to do, all that he's willing to do, all that he would do for people who believe. And he said, when I come, when I come back, Will I find any faith here? Will I find any faith here? You know, I don't think it was a rhetorical question. I look at the things that happened back, rewind the clock 20 centuries ago, and all the wild and radical things that were going on, and I think over time, I look at our day and age, and then I go, are we seeing much that's beyond natural you know, principles, natural human strength? Occasionally we see a little glimmer here and there, but... Why, why would that be? Well, a lot of times we go, well, you know, Jesus is just not doing things like He did back then. Jesus is enthroned in heaven and He's tired and He's just waiting for the whole thing to wrap up and eventually He's going to come and then it'll be really cool, you know? You know, I think that uh, if we had to put any blame on has Jesus changed or have we changed, I hope we would point the finger at ourselves. There's a verse, Hebrews 13:8 that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus hasn't changed. I think we have. I think our faith over the centuries has gotten watered down to, to where, um, you know, there's a way of thinking out there called secular humanism. There's another uh, way of thinking that uh, relates to naturalism. It's basically, you take the Bible, everything you read in it has a natural cause and a natural explanation. That's what people today are saying. And, and I think the church is being drawn into that. Boy, if I can't explain it naturally, geez, they might think I actually believe God can do something outside of this box he created and, uh, but we get caught up in that and go yeah we look for natural explanations um, some say you know that Jesus didn't actually walk on water it was this time and uh, you know back then where the lake was actually so cold and combined with the salt content of the water it was actually a chunk of ice he walked on he didn't walk on water and you know people go oh well there's a scientist that says that you know boy I don't know if Jesus can really do things but I think more and more this verse would be true for us 
when he comes, if he came back today, what would he find you trusting him for today? You know, I think most of us would go, well, I'm trusting him for eternal life. He's taking me to heaven when he comes to take those back with him. What else specifically are you trusting him for today? If he came today, would he find something you are expecting him to do? I hope the answer would be yes. My point in this is that, that it would be the case. Point four of growing our faith is really trust God for something specific today. You want to grow your faith? You've got to start with little exercising the faith muscles that you have. You've got a little bit of faith? Maybe you're just praying, God, help me to, when I go to work today, help me to just bring up a conversation about you with my coworker. Maybe just help me to trust that you're going to provide this money that I need today and I don't see it. Uh, instead of, you know, using credit or whatever, I'm just going to trust you to come through. But, I encourage each one of us to have something that you specifically trust God for today. This verse here, I think, sums it up well. It says, um, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. And I forget about it by the end of the day because I didn't really expect anything. That might be more true than what this verse actually says. In the morning, I lay my request before you and I'm waiting on you to come through. Because I know you promised this. I know you're faithful. I think I've got a little bit of faith in here and I'm waiting on you to come through for something today. More times than not, we can go through a day. I know myself as a pastor, I can go through stretches where I go, boy, what did I specifically trust God? I know I'm trusting Him for things in general, take care of my family, bring world peace, you know, big things like that. But uh, a lot of times we get real generic in our prayers with God. And you know what? We get real generic answers from God too. The point here is you want to grow your faith, start trusting God for some specifics, even if it's just something really small. And then the next day, do it all over again. And if He comes on that day, let Him find you with something that you're expecting Him to do that day. Let Him find you with faith. And that's, that's my prayer for each one of us here, that we'd really trust God. Because I remember uh, recently I got a, a text message from a friend that uh, uh, he was reading verses in the Bible and he kind of has this text, you know, shotgun thing that he does. And uh, so... But he had this verse and it had something about trusting God with something. And the application for a lot of verses in the New Testament about trusting God is, we'll trust God with something, right? And so he said, yeah, so we should all trust God. And I was like, yeah, sure. And this guy, I'd had this ongoing dialogue with him about, yeah, but how are you personally doing this? And so he said, yeah, we should all trust God. And so I said, yeah, I am trusting God for this, this, and this today. It's kind of on my to-do list with God's help. And I said, what are you trusting God for? And he was kind of, uh, you know, as best you could tell in a text message, he was kind of backpedaling a little bit and he spit out some very general, generic things. But we all know this. If you read your Bible today, if you read the New Testament today at all, you'll probably come across something where the action item is, trust God. But really, are you going to trust God with something specific? Um, I think that's what it's all about here. So anyways, um, we're going to pray here and... Uh, just ask God you know I encourage you to take this equation what God can do what Jesus can do your faith and the results and apply it it's not just for having a formula you know you don't go to a math class just to get a good formula that you take for the rest of your life the goal is at least they tell you you get these formulas that eventually there's a real life problem that you can apply this formula to and same is true of this equation this is just an equation to help you kind of assess your faith your results your Lord and I encourage you to take it right smack in the middle of one of the challenges you're facing today. Whether it's with a, a job situation, a relationship situation, a financial situation. Take this equation 
to God, get honest with Him, look at the examples He's given. Um, let's see, ask Him, you know, ask Him for something, even if it's just a little specific there, and see if your faith will not start to grow and create an extreme makeover in your own life here. So let's pray. Well, Lord Jesus, uh, we just tell you we love you. We are in awe of you. We read of these things and we just think how amazing you are. And Lord, I pray that you would revive our faith, Lord, that you would revive the faith that each one of us has in our hearts. Lord, in our head, this room is overflowing with faith. But in our hearts, God, I can make a case that there's not a ton going on. If we're honest. And I pray you'd help us to get honest with you. I pray you'd help us to put away those things that are robbing our faith, Lord, our fears, our doubts, sin, whatever it is, Lord, our secrets. I pray that you would put those things away and help us grow in our faith and see awesome results that you can bring even from a mustard seed of faith. Lord, I pray that for myself. Help me to grow in my faith. I pray that for each one who's here. I pray that for our church as a whole. Lord, help us to grow in our faith. Lord, do make us over in that. Do transform our faith. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming and I hope we'll catch you small groups. Otherwise, we'll do part four of the Extreme Makeover Series next Sunday and um, hope to catch you there.